here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the brand new Las Vegas Raiders. This is the Raiders Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Raiders Wire editor Marcus Mosher. The style that you should see is a team that plays with great effort, great enthusiasm, great toughness, and a defense that plays smart. That That is our key. That's the style uh, when people talk. Now, if you just said, hey, what, what is our non-negotiables? That is fast, physical, and we've got to find a way to get the ball. And uh, we got to set up opportunities for the offense to score, give them possessions. And, uh, you know, every call that we design is really, whether even if it's, if it's just a 3D, uh, like you say, or, or uh, man coverage, we want the players to have the mindset that every, t- every call that we have is designed to get the ball. And um, it's very important, the communication that takes place within the defense. Um, we're going to add defenses. We're going to be very multiple, but not the expense that we don't play fast. Well, there's the newest member of the Las Vegas Raiders, Gus Bradley, who will be tasked with fixing the Raiders' crappy defense during this upcoming 2021 NFL season, and we're going to get to him. But first off, welcome back the Raiders Wire podcast. I'm stoked to be back working with Marcus Mosier for a second season. Marcus, I'm not sure how much our listeners missed us, but I know I've missed talking <laughs> Raiders football with you, my man. How's life? Uh, it's going well, Ryan, and I'm excited to, to get back talking about the Las Vegas Raiders. It's going to be a, a wild offseason, and I'm excited to do it. First of all, before we get into football, like, you, do you have this parenting thing down, this whole you know, being a dad thing? <laughs> no, I don't think you ever totally get it down. You're just trying to live day by day without you just your whole world crashing and burning around you. So, <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, cool. So it, it, this happened right right after we signed off for you know the 2020 season when after the Raiders did not make the playoffs, uh, we were wondering who's going to be the new defensive coordinator. We played that Gus Bradley sound here. He's the guy, and I kind of like this, Marcus. It seems mm-hmm. like they really targeted the guy they wanted. They went after him. It didn't take long. It was like early January, right? A couple weeks into January, and they already had Gus Bradley signed. Um, And they went and kind of poached him from the Chargers, who, you know, it it seemed like not long after the Chargers fired Anthony Lynn, they were all over Bradley. They got him, and he's kind of a big name. He's a guy that's turned around some defenses in the past. I kind of like it. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a a fine hiring. I don't think anybody's going to consider him a top five defensive coordinator in the NFL, but... I think what he brings to the Raiders is intensity and a simple scheme that'll allow uh, some of their guys to play fast. And I do think he's a draw for some of the bigger free agents like Richard Sherman, who happens to be a a free agent this year, who has spoke so glowingly uh, about Gus Bradley. So I think players like to play for him. I think John Gruden and Mike Mayock know him well from coaching with the Chargers. And again, I think the scheme is going to be fairly simple, allowing uh, this defense to play fast and not overthink things. Now, not to get buried too much in the X's and O's thing, but mm-hmm. he's he was he coached the Legion of Boom in Seattle, right, with Pete Carroll when they were winning Super Bowls over there. Uh, so his scheme is based off that four three cover three thing that Pete Carroll did, and he talked about that in his presser a little bit. But do you think that's what he's going to bring to Vegas, and do you think that's going to fit? Like, do you think that's a good fit for him? Yeah, absolutely. That's the that's the scheme that he's basically grown up with and coached with in the entire NFL. Now, the one thing I will say about Gus Bradley compared to Pete Carroll and Ken Norton Jr. and Dan Quinn, you know, some of those other cover three disciples is 
he's a little bit more aggressive and he'll change up some schemes and he'll blitz more than some of those other guys. But for the most part, we know what it's going to be on almost every single down. You're going to have three guys dropping into coverage, eight other guys around the football. Um, I, I do think it fits well with their current personnel. They do need to upgrade their, their defensive backs a little bit, but it's not so drastically different that they have to completely change their defense here in one offseason. Well, well, it's interesting because I mentioned he's got a history of taking kind of crappy defenses and making them competitive. Mm-hmm. If, you were to, if you were to tell me, so he coached the Chargers in 2020, the defense, and obviously the Chargers are playing the Raiders twice. The Raiders are really good on offense. Uh, they played the Chiefs twice. They also played the Bills, the Saints, the Bucks. You can go down the list. The Chargers had a tough schedule. And if you were to ask me where they ranked in yards allowed per game last year, I would probably say they were in the bottom third. They were probably really bad. They were 10th. Now, they gave up yeah. a lot of points. And, you know, I think and they had some injuries. They lost that awesome safety the Chargers had, Derwin James. They lost him in the preseason. Yeah. But they were they were pretty good, you know, limiting opponents in, in yardage. And I think that's kind of a telling stat. Even that crappy Chargers team, Marcus, Gus Bradley had a good little unit over there. And I thought they would have sucked. I was stunned to see that stat. And he's actually, in each of his past six seasons as a defensive coordinator, his defenses have finished in the top 10 in either fewest yards allowed or points allowed. That's pretty impressive. So hopefully yeah. they got a guy here. Yeah, I think uh, John Gruden would sell soul to have a top 10 defense with <laughs> exactly. his current offense. Exactly. So and that's, that's the idea here, right? Is Are they going to be a top five unit right away? Absolutely not. But the goal for Gus Bradley this year and beyond is just to get this defense playing at an average level because that offense is pretty good on the other side. John Gruden knows how to coach, you know, offense in, in the NFL if the defense can be average or running even slightly below average, this is a playoff team, and I think Gus Bradley is a guy that can get them playing at that average level sooner rather than later. No doubt. They're just they're just playing catch-up to that offense, man. That's that's what it is. Yes. So what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks, uh, you know, free agency officially starts. We're, we're about two weeks away. So obviously nothing's official yet. It's all rumors. But we can look at what the Raiders are doing with their rosters. There's a lot of different ways you can cut salary. You can't really trade guys yet, but you can release guys. And this Marcus Mariota thing that I've been following, Mm. we've all been following Marcus, has been kind of crazy, right? So it seemed like Mariota was gone via trade. We were hearing all these rumors. Now it seems like that thing has cooled off because of his crazy contract. And I've been reading up on this contract. So there's all these hidden incentives and you could probably explain it to me way better but it seems like if he ever becomes a starter he's going to get all this extra cash for every win and Mm -hmm. every game he plays for over 60 percent of the snaps and then it it even escalates if he gets to the playoffs so if Marcus Mariota becomes the quarterback of your team under his current contract he could get he could make north of 20 million dollars if all goes the best case scenario yeah I think the Washington football team is a perfect example uh up until a couple weeks ago I thought for sure he was going to land in Washington. And I think the more that the Washington runoff is kind of dug into that contract, they started to realize that if Mariota gets into the playoffs like they were last year, they're not paying for a cheap quarterback. Now they're paying a guy like he's a top 10, top 15 quarterback. uh, If he starts all those games and they, they eventually reach the playoffs. So I do think the market has cooled off a little bit, Ryan, but I still expect him to get dealt. I think New England is in play. I think Chicago is in play. But I ultimately do think he's going to end up with the Washington football team. And I don't think the price is going to be a ton for the Raiders to move him. Maybe a day two pick. Maybe even a you know conditional 
uh, you know, day three pick along with something else, but uh, it's not going to be a lot. I do expect the Raiders to move him. Well, I keep hearing the Patriot, the rumors about the Patriots, but I think Mariota made seven and a half million the backup car last year. I think that's too high for Belichick. So I don't think he's going to love this contract that uh, Mayock gave him. I don't know the contract. It just, it, it just it, crazy. It, it's tough because the, the the contract Mayock gave him, I think, was smart because you know it, it allowed him to not have to pay him very much. Uh, last year, seven million for a backup quarterback is really not all that much, considering what some of these other guys get. Uh, they allowed him to get healthy, and because they spent money on him last year, they're probably going to be able to recoup a draft pick this year. So, mm. I think it's a smart contract by Mayock, and they're going to have to do a little bit of negotiating here to, to eventually get him dealt. But it will it'll will eventually happen. Okay, so you're 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 favoring trade over release. That's that's interesting. That was yes. kind of the the crux of my question. You know, for me, I'm looking at that deal they gave him. It's almost like, did they make a mistake? Did they not see Derek Carr's kind of breakout season coming? Or maybe they brought in Mariota hoping to motivate Carr. If that was their plan, that definitely worked because Carr played really well this past season. It sounds like they're not going to make any moves there. I know, you know, every quarterback in the league has been involved in some type of trade discussion lately. But Mm -hmm. looking back at them bringing Mariota on, I mean, they did pay him, as you said, seven and a half million He's a quarterback. I guess that's not too bad, but you know, it's on the higher side for a backup. And he only played one game through 28 passes last year. He made some money to to not play very much football. Uh, you know, they're not going to replace Derek Carr. It was never a controversy. Do you do you look no. back on that and frowning on that decision at all? No, not at all. I think John Gruden is a quarterback quarter. He just wants as many of these guys as possible, as many of these guys with upside, because that's just how valuable that position was. We saw. Derek Carr go down in a game against the Dolphins. Mariota came in and played really well. Uh, it could have very easily Carr could have gotten hurt early in the season, and Mariota probably would have kept his team afloat like Derek Carr did. So, to only pay seven and a half, eight million dollars for a let's say a low end starter, high end backup, it's it's really not that expensive. So, I no, I don't think that was a bad move at all by Mike Mayock and John Gruden. Yeah, so Ma- Mariota comes in for one game. And he played pretty well in that game. He looked good. He, mm-hmm. didn't, he didn't stink up the joint, right? So it, he actually he has a little bit more value than maybe he did last offseason. So we'll see if the Raiders can can cash that thing in. That's going to be interesting. Uh, and I, really quickly, Ryan, yeah, I think yeah, it's go. always nice to I think it's nice to kind of dangle that carrot in front of Derek yeah, Carr, right? Yeah. Because hey, no, you, you can't just be you know complacent here. You always got to be competing because you never know who could be behind you. Uh, you know, ready to replace you. So I think in some of the ways that the Packers did with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. 100%, you know, I was just going to say that. Yep. Right, 100%. right. It's, it's always good to add a little bit of competition. Plus, I think it shows you, you know, what you have in your franchise quarterback. Some some guys, you know, they, they relish that opportunity to show that they're better than who's behind them. Other guys fail and they falter like Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. So I think I think in that way, it also made a lot of sense for the Raiders as well, adding Mariota. Well, speaking of quarterbacks, Russell Wilson named Vegas as one of his four teams that he would accept mm. a trade to. Russell Wilson all over the news. He's trying to trump the uh, the Deshaun Watson stuff. He's just he's taken over. Marcus and I will talk to that. And what kind of a destination has Vegas become for free agents in the NFL? We'll get into all that coming up next. So I was thinking about this, Marcus, and then I read one of your articles and you actually literally wrote this that the Vegas Raiders have become a first class free agent destination. And I got to, I got to agree. Like if you're one thing that I learned pretty quickly when I was covering the NFL and I was in those locker rooms is 
as much as you're a fan and you kind of like you're like in awe of these guys once they take off their pads you realize like a lot of them are 20 something year old kids right <laughs> in the yeah. locker room and you got if you're 25 with a lot of money got a chance to live out in vegas for a little while i mean the nightlife that whole thing the weather i mean are you kidding me like how would vegas not be a huge destination and i, I gotta wonder I know Russell Wilson, he lists the Saints. That's kind of obvious. The Cowboys, that's kind of obvious. The Bears was a little surprising, but why the Raiders? Why would he pick the Raiders? I got to think it's because of the whole Vegas thing. Yeah, let's uh, let's first talk about Las Vegas as the destination and the city to live in. I mean, endless amounts of entertainment. How many new restaurants all the time? A brand new stadium that's just absolutely incredible. The location is also great because you're what, a four-hour, four to five-hour drive to, to, to Los Angeles. You can take a quick flight over there. Uh, you can get in and out really quickly. Uh, it's very young. It's hip. I mean, that that part alone is a, a lot of fun. And then John Gruden, still, still, he still has it, man. People want to play for John Gruden. They think it's fun. The silver and black still has this mystique around the NFL. Uh, so, yeah, it's absolutely a destination. And we've seen – Richard Sherman talk about wanting to play there. Russell Wilson mentioning them as a potential destination. Jalen Ramsey just last year said that he eventually would like to end up playing for the Las Vegas Raiders. So it's not hard at all to see why a lot of these young players and older players would want to come play with John Gruden in Las Vegas. One guy that's he's been all in on the Raiders, whether they've been in Oakland or, or wherever the hell they've been, is Carr, right? And I got to feel bad for Derek Carr because – Poor car, right? He has a career Don't feel year. bad for Derek Carr. He's got he's got millions and millions of dollars okay, he's well, living yeah. in Las Vegas. He's fine. I'm not worried about that thing. <laughs> but like the poor guy, like he has a, gr- a great year and then he's hearing his name in these trade rumors for Deshaun Watson. And now it's like, oh, would would Seattle take Carr and a couple first round picks for Russell Wilson? Right. I mean, that's this is what he listens to. I mean, a year ago it was, oh, the Raiders want Tom Brady. They're going after Brady. Right. So it was like, oh, man, every offseason, <laughs> it's the same thing for Carr. The guy the guy can't win. You know, he, I think he just he wants to be the Vegas QB, but every year we're all everyone seems to be hemming and hawing over that thing. Like, oh man, is Derek Carr the guy? And now it's the Russell Wilson thing. I did see today on NFL Network, David Carr, his brother, was saying that the Raiders should try to trade for Russell Wilson if yeah. that's an option. So Brutally even honest. Derek Carr's brother is saying that the, <laughs> the Raiders would be wise to go after Russell Wilson. But I, I do think Carr's situation is pretty stable. Now, we, we've heard some other teams explored potentially trying to trade for Derek Carr, and the Raiders were asking for two first-round-plus for him because he's on a pretty cheap deal, and rightfully so. I, I wouldn't give up Derek Carr for anything less than two first-round picks because, frankly, there's not 12 quarterbacks that are better for, in the NFL than Carr, and he's in a fantastic scheme. He knows that scheme well. He's pretty durable. He's healthy. Uh, I, I think Carr's in a pretty good uh, you know, situation. I think this is the most stable he's ever been with the Raiders. All right, so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to really dive into the free agency, all the rumors, and then the team's going to start making moves. We're going to react to them, and it's fun being in this spot, Marcus, because we can just say, okay, okay well, you, you, you made a good choice or you didn't. We can make, take our take, and then in three years, we can decide whether we were right or wrong, right? I mean, we can just look at the scoreboard and figure that thing out. So that if, from our seat, it's, it's fun to do. Um, Luckily, uh, nobody's going to be listening to this podcast three <laughs> years from now. This, this exact yeah. episode, yeah, so we're so, good. So it's up to us if we want to bring that back out. And if we're right, we probably will bring it out. And if not, then yes. we'll see. But we already know the Raiders, uh, they released Tyrell Williams. I think we saw that coming. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy who flashed early, derailed by injuries, though, there's definitely a need at receiver. They got to figure out what they're going to do with Nelson Aguilar. 
Now Williams is gone, so I think wide receiver, and uh, that's a need for sure. But mm-hmm. obviously the defense is going to be – that's going to be the, the thing, right? And you wrote about them needing more speed on the edge. What's the top of your list? Is it is it edge rusher? Um, you know, Gus Bradley talked about starting from the line and kind of building from there. Uh, what do you think is the number one need right now going into free agency as, you know, the, t- the clock's ticking? Yeah, I think it's defensive tackle. Uh, the only guy that's under contract right now is Maurice Hurst, and he's actually entering the final year of his rookie contract. He hasn't been able to stay on the field uh, for most of his career. So they need a starter at three technique. They need a starter at one technique. They need to add some depth behind Maurice Hurst. Uh, that's the number one spot. They could use another starting caliber defensive end. Uh, they could use another cornerback to to compete with Damon Arnett. And then they need a free safety. In this Gus Bradley cover three defense, you ask a lot of that free safety, and they need to be able to cover a ton of ground. Unfortunately, they just don't have one of those players on their roster right now. So Mike Mayock and John Gruden, they're certainly going to have uh, their hands full over the next couple of weeks and over the you know the draft trying to fill all these needs. And then, Ryan, we didn't even talk about the offensive line, which has suddenly got really old. Richie Incognito uh, is a 38-year-old guard who really missed most of the last season. Mm-hmm. Gabe Jackson is getting older, and the team could potentially release him. Right tackle Trent Brown has only played, I believe, 16 games over the last two seasons. Uh, so they need to upgrade and, and, and grab some depth on the offensive line. So it's going to be challenging for this team to fill all these holes this offseason. You know, the offensive line, that's something we could dive into next week. You know, the diehards, they love the offensive line talk. You know, the trenches, you know, the diehards. And I think those are probably most of our listeners are the diehard Raiders fans, right? That's that's mm-hmm. probably what it is. So, so absolutely, I love talking about offensive line. Yeah. We'll have to do that one next week. We're off and running. It's 2021. We're on the 2021 season. I'm here for it. How fun is that? It's great to be back, man. It's 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 going to be a lot of fun again. A busy, busy time of the year. Once we get into pro days and free agency in the draft, we're gonna have a ton of news for you over the next two months. So make sure you're checking out the Raiders Wire. Uh, to stay updated on your Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, 100%. The latest drama with the Raiders. Marcus and I will get into all of that next week. We'll talk to you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.